Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by Lori O'Connell, indie RPG writer. Welcome. Hey there. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just had a, had a cup of coffee to kind of give me the pep I needed. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. Now, you have a game that's kickstarting and should be still there for a few more days. Can you tell us about it? It's called Hieronymus? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So right now I have a game that's funding. Um, as you said, it's called Hieronymus. And it's based on the art of a, of a medieval artist called Hieronymus Bosch. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen like these artworks, but they're very kind of hellish and apocalyptic and, and weird and absurd um and really when obviously when bush was painting he was really kind of like satirizing like the collapse of feudalism and he was really talking talking about that in his artwork so the, the whole idea of the game is really you're living through this like apocalyptic collapse of, of the current order and you're trying to escape into these like Bosch paintings, but it has a it has a horror twist because you're also being followed by um, this strange like astral terror. So yeah, that's that's the synopsis. So I, I'm curious. So I, I'm definitely familiar with Hieronymus. Is Hieronymus Bosch? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, I, at least that's I, how I think it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm all, I butcher all the pronunciations on uh, all the time and uh, I do this thing every day. So people get to hear all kinds of bad pronunciations from me regularly. <laughs> so if you know the true pronunciation and I'm screwing it up, please let me know. <laughs> I'm definitely familiar with them. I, I, I'm trying to remember where I had, one of the museums around here had one that I had seen years ago, but, but just in the art books and everything else, they've always one of those ones that's like always stood out because because they're so out there and outlandish and there's stuff that's going on with them is it's they're neat they're neat so the art of Hieron Hieronymus Bosch inspired so you, this I'm, I think my question is like as a setting is this like a surrealist type setting or is it just the middle ages ages and stuff's collapsing or yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it I mean I suppose for the players and the GM it is as as surreal as they make it yeah but as as with all games but there is like a design intent there which is you really look at these paintings and you think like well what is going on and when if you go and you look at one you'll see like you don't really know where the eye is to land so the idea is is you kind of like move through these paintings it's it's done with a hex crawl so you have pick one hex at a time to like look at, figure out what's going on. You are confronting these surreal kind of people and creatures and, and situations, and you have to sort of interpret them for yourself. But in the background, um, this is also a game about the Middle Ages and really like the collapse of feudalism and the characters that you're supposed to represent are kind of like archetypes of like the main institutions of feudalism. So you can play one of the playbooks is the priest and if you're the priest then you have special moves like indulgence where basically you can allow people to like indulge their sins without receiving too many consequences um, or like, you know, inquisition where you can intimidate people to get stuff. So it's kind of, it's a bit, it's riffing definitely on like the institutions of, of feudalism as well. 
So like system wise, what are you, what kind of system is this, is this using for this game? I would say it is a unique system in the sense that a lot of the, you know, it, it, it's, it's very much its own game. It stands alone in the rule book. You'll see like it has all of the rules that you need to play the game. There's, you're, you're not needing to buy anything else. But initially when I built the game, the way that I tend to design things is I kind of like pick out things I like and I kind of like build them together. Yeah. Um, it's based a lot on Blades in the Dark and it's like a very pared down version of the Blades in the Dark rule set. So each playbook has a set of moves. You roll a pool of D6s to decide how successful each move is going to be. Um, and then you have a mechanic, which is basically stress. Um, which you can remove by indulging your sins. Oh. The problem is every time the character indulges their sins, the end of the world kind of approaches a little bit more closely. I, I like the indulging your sins element here. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, so could you, is there like examples of that within the game and what they are? Like, are we just talking about gluttony? Like he ate, he ate the the extra cherry pie that he wasn't supposed to or something like that or if we get into the like like murder <laughs> well i think it depends on the character and on the situation i mean obviously each table and each character and player kind of decides what they're comfortable with right yeah. but at the same time you're being confronted with like your characters are basically refugees you know they're fleeing and they're fleeing through these like really strange places where basically anything can happen and anything is possible. So yeah, if you you could say, well, I'm going to indulge my sins. I see like all of this gold on the ground. I'm going to take it. <laughs> or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to indulge my sins and I'm going to participate in this like mysterious ceremony that's happening, you know, or I'm going to, you know, kill this creature or, or whatever whatever you would like basically but you have to frame it as something like your character is doing something that that wouldn't necessarily be in accordance with the the morality of of, of the establishment or the morality mm -hmm. of feudalism i think really they're acting outside of the norm for them i you have this this uh i guess what i would say is a a hex map that's on the itch.io page for the game Yes, I do. Yes, and that I'm a, I know you had said that you're using kind of the paintings of Hieronymus Hieronymus Botch as a hex crawl type thing. I, I and looking through this, the way that as I said, the way that it's laid out, and you can go to lorryoconnell.itch.io backslash Hieronymus and you can see this this hex map everybody let's check it out and the way it lays out is that that every single hex does have something more you know Hieronymus bocce <laughs> for lack of a better term like you look at f4 this poor fella has like not only lost his noggin but he's got like a sword run through him he's not having a good day at all it's very, <laughs> it's very terrible <laughs> so how does this as a how does this hex crawling on this incorporate into the game are we going to use it as a map or, or how are we how are we approaching that i'm curious yeah you're 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 really you're using it as a map and the idea is that you need to cross across these worldscapes so you'll have an entry hex and an exit he hex mm. 
And as you're crossing, you obviously have to resolve every conflict and every hex. I mean, there's no kind of like win condition. It's kind of when the, the GM decides that you've, you've moved on. But of course, the, there are stakes, right? Because you can be harmed. It's kind of, as you can see from the pictures, from the <laughs> a dangerous world. Yeah, um, yeah. You can get lost or things can, things can get in your way. But also, every time you remove stress or harm from your character, the horror that is like pursuing you, this thing that is called the, in the game, the follower, um, which really represents like collapse and destruction and chaos, it gets a little bit closer. Uh, and the only way you can actually remove ticks, the only way you can actually escape it is to get into the next worldscape, is to get into the next hex. So that's the mode of pursuing. Yeah, in, in every in every hex, we can, I mean, we can talk about this specific map a little bit more if you want, but there's definitely, there's always something going on. There's some problem to encounter and it's really up to the group to, decide the exact form that that takes right yeah some of these things like like everybody's jumping into a shoe to sail off into a little lake it looks like so, so i'm curious mm -hmm. if there if you expand on some of the images or give suggestions in this or is it kind of left up to the de the, i guess the game master and the players mm -hmm. to kind of come up with or how does that approach yeah so we provide um seven actually more than seven in the expanded edition mm -hmm. of these example worldscapes mm -hmm. and the first ones actually have like a lot of detailed guidance so the first ones have in almost all of the hexes you know they're going to have a label and they're going to have a little description of you know this is what's going on this is a question to ask the group or you know this is this is the conflict that ought to be resolved um as you move through the book that guidance gets less and less until eventually you're just presented with hex maps because the idea is we want to really teach actually the GMs and the players to kind of like learn to start to do that interpretation, really bring their own creativity into it. Um, and I find like with groups, with playtest groups, for example, you sometimes get the most, you get the most interesting stuff when you say, okay, well, what do you think is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> um, like to give an example, you can see in that, in the little map that we're both looking at here, in like B3, there's like someone climbing up a ladder and there's a group of people like sitting around a table below arguing about it. I think they're popes. Yeah, they're, they're definitely religious figures of some description. They've got hats on at least. I mean, I mean, that one pope's just got a hat. Yeah. And there's something <laughs> there's something vaguely home homoerotic going on in between two of the, the popes as well. Is there a anyway. devil? <laughs> is there a devil in there behind them yeah this is what i mean when i've got no idea how this guy managed to survive the <laughs> time in which he was writing um but one of the groups that um they did like a little youtube video where the gm talks about his experience he'd had playing it and he said yeah like i asked my group oh you know what are these guys arguing about and they were like, oh, well, they're arguing about which way is up with the ladder. And one of the players then tried to climb up the ladder and then found that when he got to the top of the ladder, he actually didn't know what way was up. Both ways were up and he actually couldn't come back down again. So it was like <laughs> a really creative interpretation of um, this kind of little 
this little vignette, this tiny little scene. I really appreciate that because it's not something that I would have thought of. But it just shows how creative a group around the table can be. Yeah, honestly, like I, if you stare at one of these paintings, it 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 it, it drags you. And I'm sure most, a lot of people have at some point in time, either at the museum or in a, in a textbook. But you just follow around. I don't think I've ever noticed just how many things are going on in one of these paintings. Of it. <laughs> Start staring into it. There's a billion things that could be happening in these. They're great. Yeah, that's the idea. It's really to introduce people to this and to help people like. Look at it in a new way, figure out what's going on, you know? So I'm curious, uh, real quick, we're going to be coming close on time soon. But I just want to know about you as a, as a gamer, a creator, like what got you into gaming and what got you into making your own games? How did you go from one to the other? Yeah, well, I mean, I write, I, I've played, I played a lot of D&D for quite a long time. Um, and I don't tend to write for D&D actually because it's something that I like to keep kind of a bit separate and is like just a thing that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um although I have actually written some adventures in Uncaged Goddesses which I'm going to shout out because it's up for an any no for four any nominations which is really exciting and that is a D&D book. But anyway, back to the, back to the back to the back to the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I first, I, I, I really got introduced to indie game design through a designer called John Battle Bats, who wrote a game called like 6E, which is a bit of like a satire on 5E, um, very kind of like free form role playing. It does a lot of like quite interesting things with stats and a very like bare bones, like joke of a game. And then I thought, oh, like, oh, I should write something. Oh, there's this like, jam there's this game jam coming up for asking for like queer games on the theme of undeath because you know sometimes indie game designers write the most specific games that they possibly <laughs> can um so i thought oh you know what what would be a really funny premise what about a game where you're trans and you're on a waiting list for healthcare and it's 300 years long and you can't get to the end without ascending to immortal lichdom uh through the means of necromancy um, and i wrote it and just people found it really funny uh i decided to do like a little kickstarter for it for zine quest uh a couple of years ago and it took off and it really like built my confidence as a designer that it took off and I was really inspired to like create more. So basically, yeah, one thing just led to another. And then at some point I thought, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. I actually really enjoy this. <laughs> <You know. laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, we're about on time. Could you tell the listeners where they can pick up your work and where they can find you? And so, of course, Kickstarter being one of them, we'll make sure we have a link in the show notes to the Kickstarter, but where they can find you online, where they can follow you and pick up your other games as well. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Laurie underscore E. So we have like three E's on the end. Um, and that's where I like post the most for my sins. Um, but you will get a bit of politics if you follow me on there. Um, you can also look at my itch page, uh, my itch.io, Laurie O'Connell itch.io and on there I have like all of my games including an adventure for Lancer if you play Lancer which is um, something that I'm very proud of that I released recently and then obviously my project on Kickstarter now Hieronymus uh, is um, on Kickstarter you probably find it by googling Hieronymus RPG Kickstarter 
um, there will be a link, but also I would really recommend you to check it out uh, because it's the Kickstarter is ending on Thursday. And whilst there will be pledges afterwards, there's only going to be a hardcover copy of the game available for like backers. So if you want to get a hardcover copy, which I would really recommend because it's a beautiful like art based game, you're going to have to like back the crowdfund basically. You're not going to be able to get it afterwards. Excellent. Yeah, and that's about it. That one, that that game for Lancer, that's called that Stolen Crown, Sleeping yes. Above a Stolen Crown. Yes, and that's it, it. The art looks pretty cool. Is, is that? I'm going two over over, but is that is that like some sort of mech or something we're looking at there in the, in the in the image? Are we talking about like Robotech type thing or? Yes, so it's a sort of far future mech based game, and the idea is you're on this like frozen ice planet, um, and there's a lot of like massive megafauna to fight, and there's like some weird stuff going on with AI that I can't talk about because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> Excellent, but. <laughs> Go check it out, especially if you play Lancer and you're looking for a starter, because the system's really taken off and you're looking for a starter adventure or a starter module. Just give it, give it a look and see if you like it. I've heard about Lancer. Is Lancer a mech type bait? Is that the idea? Is it's it's about mech itself or is it a sci-fi game? Or what is what is Lancer? Because I've known people have mentioned it on here before. I'm not 100 percent sure if I know what it is. <laughs> it it's a game that kind of combines very crunchy mech combat uh -huh. with a really in-depth and detailed far future, like post-scarcity setting, oh. um, which, so it has a lot of narrative potential and a lot of extreme crunchy mech combat. <laughs> so people are really liking it because it scratches two itches um, at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly a game that's on the upswing and it's something that I hope people design adventures for in the future because the GMing of it, if you haven't GMed it before, can be very fiddly. And if you have like a starter adventure or something, it makes it a lot easier. So Excellent. So you know where to get your starter adventure when you want to go run your first game of Lancer now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thank, thanks again for having me on. And yeah, I, I hope all the rest of your recordings go well. <laughs> hopefully we'll have quite a few more to go and, and, and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future as well. Oh, I'd really appreciate that. All that. right, yeah. Okay. If, you, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>